The main idea of transferring employees within the deal is that there is no continuation or assignment of employment from one party to another. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Alrud Podcast, Be Aware and Share. My name is Irina Anyukhina. I'm part now of Alrud Law Firm, and today I'm here gently with my colleagues, Margarita Igiazarova, Labor and Employment Practice, and Olga Pimanova, Labor and Employment Practice, Corporate and M&A. And uh, we are here to discuss the restructuring aspects, share deals and asset deals, in general, and uh, any specific issues which my colleagues could highlight for you to share with you. We all understand that despite the current challenges uh, on the global scale, on the economic uh, market, still M&A deals are going on. And um, there are obviously HR aspects in uh, share deals or asset deals. And uh, these aspects what are they, first of all, and uh, what should be taken into consideration from HR perspective? Yeah, thank you, Irina, for this introduction. I think I must start with a highlighting employment-related aspects of corporate deals. It may be obvious that asset deal or share deal are purely corporate concepts, but actually there are quite a number of employment-related or HR-related aspects to be considered while completing the relevant transaction. And uh, these issues and their particularities purely depend on the essence of the transaction. For example, if it's a share deal, it's a bit easier in terms of employment-related issues. It requires like preliminary legal due diligence and uh, change in management of the company. And uh, potentially this changing of management may entail HR restructuring. Uh, usually it affects uh, top management of the company or changing like core team, but not all the employees. Whilst in case of asset deal, employees are being considered as asset and uh, transfer of employees is required. There were different options on how to transfer employees, but the core thing here is that in Russia there is no automatic transfer of employees, so we don't have the TUPE concept or similar. And the main idea of transferring employees within the deal is that uh, there is no continuation or assignment of employment from one party to another, meaning that in order to transfer employees from one company to another within the deal, you need to first terminate the employment with the first employer and then create a new employment with a new employer. And to do this, there are actually three main options. First is a formal transfer, which can be implemented in two ways. First one is three-party agreement, and the second one is exchange of requests and consents. So these are two. And the third one is voluntary uh, transfer, how we call it, which is based on the termination of employment based on mutual consent termination or sometimes 
sometimes it can be also in a form of voluntary resignation. But in this case, this should be truly voluntary resignation, not kind of employer said, employee did. And of course, potential risks uh, should be considered in this situation because, as I said, this three-party agreement or exchange of concerns or mutual consent termination are the grounds for employment termination, which is the first stage of transfer. And in any case, it's required to create a new employment uh, formalized by employment contract to start the new employment. We also frequently face questions whether any guarantees or obligation can be transferred from one employer to another. And the question is now, because when employment is terminated, that means the own obligations of the previous employer should be completed which are, for example, compensation for unused vacation days which cannot be transferred, payout of bonuses and salaries, etc., Given the uh, sort of difficult economic situations, sometimes clients approach us with a request whether they uh, may create a structure when employees are already transferred to a new employer, but the previous one will keep on paying them salaries for like certain months, which is of course an out-of-box solution in the case you don't have enough cash to pay salary, but from legal perspective is not purely correct and may entail uh, like sort of a liability, including in some extraordinary cases, criminal one. To close this topic, I think I need to add up a bit about consultation obligations, which is um, in terms of Russian requirements as liaison with the trade unions or representative of the employees. And there is no such direct obligation prescribed by Russian law, but sometimes changings in um, HR field may require consultations with trade union, but generally it is not the case. It can become a case when termination of employees in case of deal could be in a form of staff redundancy or some particular layoffs. Depending on the situation, then consultation with trade union may be requested. But generally, that's not the primary thing to think about while completing the deal. Thank you, Margarita. During these recent months, of course, with uh, all these legal aspects at hand, we realized that there could be in practice some new trends, new aspects, given the current situation. Olga, do you have such kind of a feeling? And uh, if you think there are such aspects, could you share your insights with us? Yes, Irina, you are right. In the current circumstances, the focus of the international companies who have business in Russia has changed. They're thinking now of what to do with their Russian business, uh, not how to expand or acquire new business. And uh, one of the options they choose is to sell uh, their Russian subsidiary or its assets to the local management. These transactions are often characterized by a nominal or under-market purchase price and are mainly share deals, uh, which may be completed in a more efficient and expedient manner than asset deals. But even if structured as shared deals, such management buyouts may involve employee-related issues depending on the transaction structure. For example, the transaction structure may involve setup of a new company where employees of the current business would be transferred to a new company together with the sale of some assets. And so the management would acquire such new company. 
And here the transfer procedures described by Margarita will apply where management buys the shares in the existing subsidiary. It is often feasible that current shareholders provide financing to the Russian company before they exit. This may be required to ensure that the Russian company remains operational for some time after the deal and keeps as many employees on board as possible. And uh, keeping the Russian company operational after the exit is in the interest of the exiting shareholders as this decreases the risks uh, or the subsidiary liability for the former shareholders in case of insolvency or the Russian company. Uh, we also see that management buyouts may involve options of the exiting shareholders to buy back the Russian subsidiary at some point. And we see that uh, sometimes such options are associated with limitations on workforce restructurings during the option period. And particularly in such cases, the exiting shareholders may provide the financing to support uh, this requirement. But also there are other options which foreign shareholders uh, consider in respect to their Russian businesses, in particular an option to suspend operations of the Russian company or staff restructurings in this or that way. We saw these decisions were made very quickly in the beginning of all the situation and sometimes with due regard to the legal requirements, which of course raised the risks uh, of liability for the local management. In particular, if the local company was managed by a foreign employee, they were subjected to some higher risks uh, because they are subjected to administrative liability for some breaches of the Russian law, labor law or whatever, could have subjected them to the restrictions in future to enter to Russia or to limitations on obtaining uh, visas in future. But of course, this is some specifics for the foreign management, but of course, they are also subject to all other possible liability for the breaches in the operations of the company, which uh, could arise due to result or due to the decision of the foreign shareholders to suspend operations of the local company. For example, if the staff restructurings were made without due regard to the required procedures and payments associated with uh, such procedures, the local company and the local management could be subjected to fines and uh, so on and so on. So one of the solutions uh, for the local companies with foreign management was to replace the management uh, with, uh, with some local people or nominal managers to and thus uh, to avoid the risks of liability for the foreign management. But of course, if uh, the local management is also subject to the same risks in terms of liability and um, Therefore, it was uh, important to take very thorough and accurate steps uh, to avoid any liability for the general directors and also other top management. Because again, in the case of the company, as a result of the decision of the foreign shareholders to suspend its operation would become insolvent, the local management could be also uh, held subsidiary liable for the debts of, of the Russian company. And in these circumstances, the local management sometimes confronted 
the decision of the foreign shareholders. They objected. Uh, they did not want to perform the instructions of the foreign shareholders to suspend the local operations. And uh, it was important to find an approach and to provide some guarantees uh, to the local management to ensure that they will be supported in case they are subjected to the liability locally. Thank you, Olga. This is very helpful indeed. And more and more, we are involved uh, in uh, such issues uh, and uh, try as lawyers, try to mediate and to facilitate the dialogue between the shareholders and the local management in order to mitigate uh, potential exposures to liabilities. Uh, we discuss corporate aspects of restructuring share deals and uh, asset deals, but we also need to keep in mind that there are the means which are available for the employers in case uh, there is a question of workforce restructuring. And the most traditional means uh, include staff redundancy, legal option, and uh, mutual consent separations with employees in case we are speaking about dismissals and terminating employees. Interestingly, while these two legal options are still available and uh, enforceable in Russia, the choice is made in favor of mutual consent separations as the most safest and the least risky option of separation the least challenged in courts. It is also possible to think about transferring your employees to remote work, which could help optimize your office expenses, payroll expenses. Transfer to remote work is possible in Russia based on, uh, on special terms. It's necessary to have uh, amending agreement or remote work agreement with uh, the selected employees. Currently, lots of our clients, at least what we see on the market, they are thinking about relocating part of the uh, headcount or sometimes the total headcount to some other places outside of Russia. From Russian law perspective, there is no relocation agreement uh, which is provided for by the Russian legislation. And this takes shape, uh, relocation actually takes shape of termination of existing employment agreement and simultaneous rehiring of the individual based on civil law arrangement governed by foreign laws or employment arrangement governed by foreign laws with actual relocation outside of Russia. Normally, we are often involved with the clients in case there are some such kind, uh, such arrangements with the individuals to facilitate them. And we also advise on tax aspects of relocation as well as immigration issues, since there is certain period of time to complete all requisite uh, immigration formalities to have a legal possibility to be relocated and to continue working from outside of Russia. And um, I would say that uh, the most negative scenario which may occur is the liquidation of the company, which also may be an issue for some businesses, not the frequently used, uh, at least what we see on the market, but still the legal option exists. Liquidation implies lots of 
additional steps, not only terminating people, but it also settlement of all outstanding liabilities vis-a-vis customers, contractors, creditors, and so on and so forth, including the state authorities, tax audits, undergoing tax audits, and disposal of all assets, by the way, and disposal of all remaining funds on the bank accounts of the company. That's uh, pretty much what we would like to share with you. Thank you, Olga. Thank you, Margarita. We are glad uh, that you were with us today and uh, thank you for joining. Hope uh, this information might be of help for your immediate or future needs. You are welcome to listen to our podcasts at the Alrud website, where you can also find lots of useful information. You can also access our episodes on iTunes, Google, or Yandex Music. If you have any questions or suggestions, you are welcome to reach out to us via podcasts at alrud.com. Let's keep in touch and hope to being with you next time to discuss some actual issues of Russian law trends. Have a very nice day.